Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights here with Rich Klein. We're going to talk about PR in the hobby in a very personal way. Rich did a lot of the PR for me back in the old days, and that was a real delight for me to hear Rich talking instead of me. But now I talk as well as talk with Rich, so we're going to talk about that. But thanks, sponsors, Top Spinini and Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Huggins Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, Compsy.com, and Beckett Media. Beckett grading, Beckett authentication. Rich, you have a better personality than I do for doing these PR things when you would do the interviews for our company. And now I have to do a lot of that stuff myself. And I'm not as, I don't do it as well as you do it. I just do it differently. Let's put it that way. So I don't like to market things. I don't like to PR things, but I don't mind telling some stories and I don't mind helping build the hobby. So thank you all those years for pinch hitting for me or actually doing it better than I could uh, in those days. So how's that been? Well, that's been, a, these have been a blast. I, I I always hear stories of how much people say they enjoy our banter back and forth. One of those smaller Kyle shows at the airport, maybe six months ago, where this guy comes up, hears my voice even through a mask and says, Rich, I recognize you. <laughs> and I love the podcast you do with Dr. Beckett. And my response to him is, that's fine. I appreciate that. But do you want to meet Jim instead? <laughs> you were talking about the frustrations of doing a radio tour in 1987, 88, before most of us got there and how hard it was and how you had to deal with people who didn't understand the hobby. Well, and it was, it was tougher for you because you were so imbued in being in the hobby. Now you're doing a lot of hobby centric stuff. Most of the people, obviously, you're talking to are in the hobby or have or growing knowledge of the hobby. But in some ways, you seem to really enjoy being the messenger of the, I'm going to use the term, quote, older generation, having been there. And I listen to you, and you have something new to say every time. And it's fascinating to hear how people draw things out of you. So when you're talking, what do you enjoy when you're talking to all these people? It's wonderful when you're talking about good stuff. It's not hard to have positive tone in the industry. Now, number of years ago, things were up and down and, and uh, lukewarm, perhaps. But the last couple of years of doing this podcast, where, you know, from the beginning, it's very exciting to be in the industry. So my problem back in the old days, back in the 80s, when I would have requests for publicity and you, you were not around and others were not around, it, it just it's hard to measure the effectiveness of the PR. It really wasn't efficient when Random House would send me out on a book tour. You'd be on a radio station and, and it wasn't remote. You'd be in the studio and I'd have to fly to this other city and I'd be on several stations and they'd ask some of the same questions. And I just felt like there was a better use of my time. It, I'm not a good delegator, but there's certain things in life, like being a husband, being a dad, you can't delegate those things. Hey, I can't be there, but you'd be a substitute husband or substitute dad or something. But a substitute PR thing, again, when I was the author of the book and had no company, then they just get you or it's nothing. And Random House was pretty insistent. You need to do this. This is a, a major station in the Midwest that we send our authors to. And that's part of the deal. We pay you a lot of money, royalties, and you need to do this. So I'd say, okay, but I didn't really enjoy it. So all of a sudden, when I had a corporate structure, again, more of a family, but a corporate structure, and I had you and other talented people who really relished that. And, and frankly, it probably was handled more efficiently anyway, and better for some of the books and magazines and PR about the hobby. That was It was delightful for me to listen to you answering questions, 
some of which I could have answered, some I would have answered differently. But in many cases, you were, you, you really you just hit the spot. And there were others too that, that did that. So you weren't the only one, but you were quite frequent. And it wasn't even a stand-in after a while, Rich. I, I think they probably requested you. They weren't even requesting me. Carol would run interference for me. So that's for Rich. <laughs> And so that was great because I was looking for things that I could delegate. And when you're delegating, it's one thing to delegate to somebody who can do it almost as good as you. It's nothing to delegate to somebody who can do it better than you. And I think that was the case most of the time. If they're asking me something that only I would know, that's one thing. But most of it, you did very capable. You told me the story once of doing a television show in New York City with Jeffrey Lyons, yeah. who was a the son of somebody very famous, the brother of a friend of yours. And they brought you in as they brought him. He had his collection. I don't know if it was George's collection or his collection, but it was an interesting experience hearing you willing to do a show in New York with the two of them. I couldn't say no. You know, I have a hard time saying no. That's why the fact that you were so ready to step in, that was great. But I think that may have predated that. But yeah, out of uh, my friendship with George and Jeffrey was a famous guy anyway, and a nice guy. And they loved baseball. So they were big baseball fans generationally. We were kindred spirits in that regard. But that was rare. I actually prefer radio or TV. TV is just a lot of moving parts. And uh, so radio is better than TV, but podcasting is even better. And YouTube is a little bit like TV. I don't dislike it anymore. It's just it wasn't an efficient use of my time. And I thought other people could do it as well or better. So I thank you for that. Radio in some ways is easier for all of us because if you're decent with verbiage, you can create a picture and a mind for your listeners to talk to. We're on TV because it's such a visual thing. You've tried this with box breaks. You know this from doing various box breaks. We tried a box break. It was fun, but not the same as if we were on YouTube or some visual way of doing a box break. It's much harder to talk a box break, but there's other things that it's much easier to talk about and bring it to life without having to show every single... When we talk about talking about the past or something, and you're right, when you and I are doing these episodes, we're going down memory lane. Uh, Nowadays, there's a picture for everything. It didn't happen if somebody didn't snap a photo. But if you go back 30, 40, 50 years, there are very few photos. In fact, John Ramirez's photos were priceless from the uh, early 70s. Of some of the- It was the 71 Detroit show. He showed me those photos at the National. And it was- he showed me a picture. He said, hey, is this you? I said, no, it's definitely not me. I was not there. But I did recognize a bunch of the guys, many of whom have passed away, obviously, 50 years ago. But simpler days, card tables in a very small room. But that was one of the very first shows. Yeah, those photos were amazing. I know our mutual friend, Rich Muller, showed some of those photos on Sports Collectors Daily recently, and I would definitely recommend anybody going there to look for it. So we've talked about how much it was fun for me doing the interviews and how much fun it isn't for you, but there's something. You're doing a podcast every day. You've interviewed a whole bunch of people now. Is there an excitement still learning all these people you haven't gotten to know, let's say their stories. Or getting to know them better. And basically what I've really enjoyed, as you point that out, is the two-way street aspect, is that I'm learning some things about the person and about the industry and their take, but I'm also being asked questions that I or express something in a different way that's causing me to rethink or to amplify or clarify something from back in the day. And to be able to capture that and share it with the world or the card collectors out there, especially the influencers, it's allowing for a little bit of a generational transfer. And some of these young guys ask questions 
that are very insightful, completely different than what the old guys do. So I'm still learning. I, I think when you're a lifelong learner, I, I think it's a two-way street. I like to teach too. I'm not going to go back to being a teacher, but there's some aspect of teaching and some aspect of being a lifelong learner. Uh, we, all, we old guys all know you, so we're used to you, where the young guys don't know you as well. One thing I found fascinating is the person who's created like 13 companies and Oh, Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson. Sports card investor. Yeah. Sports card investor. You talk about you have an entrepreneurial spirit. He's got a real entrepreneurial spirit with 13 companies behind him. That was fascinating to hear just well, how. It's energizing. Yeah. It is. I want to be energizing for him. He's energizing for me. I can't walk in all 13 of his moccasins, but I can relate uh, somewhat and we can share stories or insights or questions of each other. So I've enjoyed that. But it, it, the full spectrum of the hobby is a lot of fun. I just am not meeting very many people that I don't like. I like them. I, I basically like people. I'm not as outgoing as you are. I'm not a introvert, but I'm not an extrovert either. I'm in between. Well, I'm more of an introvert than people realize, except in a card show situation. It's interesting because you talk about delegating is that nowadays I see people like Jeremy Murray doing interviews. Nat Turner sent out something about his 100 favorite cards. He, I he, saw that. Yeah. That's a, that was fascinating. There are a lot of people out there doing publicity now that may not have done publicity even 25 years ago. And for the card companies, even the PR people didn't do publicity like that. Now, you know, well, when Suze was with Topps, you just did Emily too. But Suze was a personality in her home. I think Golden Auctions did a great job getting her. I agree. Now, but there's two different kinds, though, because the Nats Top 100, a lot of that is 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 planned, organized, non-spontaneous PR, you know, where he thought about it and he had somebody put that all together for him, I would imagine. But he, he picked them out and they organized it and distributed. It, and I thought it was fascinating. But I'm talking the thing I'm enjoying is the spontaneity of not knowing what's going to be asked. If somebody just say, what are your not that I like I don't want top 10 kind of questions necessarily. But just a top of mind kind of a thing. And you and I do that. We're just talking about a set and we're just coming at it spontaneously and freshly instead of, hey, here's the homework I did yesterday to where I can lay it out definitively. That sounds like an assignment for school. I don't want an assignment. I want to just enjoy talking about the hobby. You have a PhD. I think you've done enough assignments in your life. I've graded tests. I've made up tests. I've taken tests. And I... Don't want any more tests. <laughs> I just, oh, uh, but I don't mind uh, being on the spot a little bit. That doesn't bother me. Yeah, I make a big distinction. But the other thing that you did, because that came up, which is still PR, and the reason I'm doing a podcast instead of a blog is that I'm probably a little more of a perfectionistic writer that I would be working on the punctuation and the grammar and all that. And so when we get requests for interviews, from uh, Wall Street Journal or New York Times or some fancy place, uh, I didn't usually handle those either. I would have slowed down the process because I think I would have been a little bit too perfectionistic. Whereas you were able to just wax eloquently. Mike Payne, same thing. Guys just had a way to to get it all out on paper. To me, I'm much more comfortable just you know speaking off the cuff, answering questions, things like that. But these newspapers, they've got to weave it into a story. And for me to answer their questions in writing would have been a headache. Thankfully, I never had to answer anybody's questions in writing either, which was good. It was all... I have enough times that I don't like doing it. I I like knowing what the questions are if it's something that's going to be an important piece. But the podcast, I just don't think I take myself that seriously anymore. If it's a podcast and somebody's asking you on the spot, 
who was your favorite player or something like that, and you forget somebody or who are the top three, whatever, and you can only think of two of your favorite three, it's not a crime. Yeah. I remember some of the interviews. I kept some of the clips. I remember some of the interviews. One of my favorite comments was I did something for the Washington Post when Jack Kemp was running for vice president in 1996. Yeah. And I would just use my term as senior price guide analyst. And the Washington Post's final line in that story, after they quoted me and the quotes were accurate and all that, I guess there's an analyst for everything. Oh, that hurts. That hurts. <laughs> Because, Rich, you realize I am, at my core, an analyst. (laughs) I'm a senior price guide analyst as well. So Yes, you are really the senior (laughs) price guide analyst. Whenever you hear these leaders talking nowadays, the Jeremy's, the Nat Turner's, do you ever say, dang, I'm learning how to be a more modern leader? I know you're retired, you're not going to lead, but dang, this is interesting how they're able to balance all that. Yeah, my good word is insights. I'm getting insights. I'm sharing insights. So it's it's a two-way street. And those guys are, among many others, are very interesting and talented. And I'm sure, I mean, a lot of people can't do what you do and you can't do what they do. And same thing with me. I can't do certain things and certain things I'm world-class. And so I can appreciate other people that have other skills. And those guys and others are, are doing great stuff. So the hobby's in good hands because those guys are younger. Yeah. Oh, yes. And some of them are close enough to being my son, too. I think Matt's in his 30s, which means he could be my son, too. I think Jeremy's a little older, and I don't think yeah, I could be Jeremy. He's still be my son. I think technically, I'm pretty sure, yeah. One thing is, people ask me if I ever want to do something. I said, the only thing I want to run nowadays is when we have it back, the synagogue show. Yeah. And I said, at yeah. this point in my life, I don't want to run anything. I'll run my life, and that's about it. Yeah, I, I hear you. That's it for PR, Rich. I really want to thank you for all those years, all those times you did it better than I could have done it. It's just wonderful to see that. And so now we've been able to get back on the same page and do it together yeah. on some of these episodes. That's been a lot of fun. So it has, it's, it's been probably even more fun and more fun than me listening to what you said is talking to you. That's better. <laughs> it's always better to have somebody in a conversation with you bet thanks everybody thanks rich that's a little talk about the then and now of the pr and we'll be back again tomorrow with another episode the man-